Assalamu alaikum. It is Tuesday, the 24th of May 2022. And uh, in our series, Reflections on the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number 316. And in recent days, we have been looking at the meanings of the words of uh, chapter 2 verse 101 of the Holy Quran and this is the fourth broadcast in that series. <coughs> These broadcasts are brought to you courtesy of Laser Lahore Ahmadiyya Movement School for Education in Islam. Laser is a part of uh, the Ahmadiyya uh, Association and the Ahmadiyya Association was founded by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Muhammad Rahmatullah He taught us that despite the fact that uh, uh, others believe in the coming of prophets after the Holy Prophet Muhammad. This is incorrect because the Holy Quran says that the Holy Prophet was Khatmun Nabihi. And the Holy Prophet himself explained what this means by saying it means La Nabi Abad. There is no prophet after me. So neither an old one nor a new one. No prophet can now come. And Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed said that uh, his claim was in line with the hadith which said that uh, God will send reformers, Mujaddideen. And uh, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed's distinction was that he said that he was that Mujaddid for whom in hadith the titles Messiah and Mahdi were used. Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed stressed that although people jump at any chance to, eat, to call each other kafir, the Holy Prophet had said that if one reciter of the kalima says to another reciter of the kalima that you are a kafir, then it is the person saying it who is the kafir. So strongly did the Holy Prophet Muhammad feel about this. Even Abdullah bin Ubi 
who did his best to damage Islam throughout his life. He is not called a Kafir in the Holy Quran. At the time of Ohud, he returned to Medina with his followers, leaving the Muslim army much weakened. Even so, the Quran does not call him a Kafir, calls him a hypocrite. It doesn't call him a Kafir. Why? Because he had recited La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And that is worth remembering. Hazrat Mr. Ghulam Ahmed also said that uh, people say that some re prophetic revelation that the Holy Prophet Muhammad received is missing from the Holy Quran, Astaghfirullah. Or it is abrogated, some of the verses, verses which are in the Holy Quran, are abrogated. This is wrong because God said, I have revealed it and I will protect it. So if something is under God's protection. How can it be that things are missing from it or things in it are abrogated? You need to think about these things. As Mr. Ghulam Ahmed also said that jihad is a fundamental duty of every single Muslim. But jihad, as defined by the Holy Prophet Muhammad, who, when he was Returning from a battle, said to Muslims from the minor jihad, jihad asghar we returned to the major jihad, jihad akbar And then went on to say that jihad akbar is jihad or struggle with your own souls. That is a daily constant jihad which you must engage in. Yes, it's true that if someone attacks you with the sword, with the gun, then you reply with the sword or with the gun, whichever one it is. <clears throat> As I said, we are looking at chapter Two, verse hundred and one. <clears throat> so let's have a look at that. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. 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 Rasulum min alindilahi mufaddihulima ma'ahum nabaza fariqum min alazina utul kitaba kitab alahi bawa zuhurihim ka'an. 
And when there came to them a messenger from Allah, verifying that which they have, a party of those who were given the book through the book of Allah behind their backs, as if they knew nothing. So today we are going to look at the words Farikun and Min and Allazin and Utu. So let us, or let me rather than us, let me adjust this window so I can get to my notes. Where are they? Here we are. And here are my notes. Oh, I'm gone to the wrong window. Okay. So the first word, it's a root. The tri-literal root is fa, wa, and kaf. And in the Holy Quran, you'll find 14 words based on that root. And in total, uh, this root occurs in the Holy Quran 72 times. And uh, 33 times, we have the word Farik. Farik means party. It's a common word in Urdu, Fariq. And uh, that occurs 33 times. And eight times as the Farraka. That is the verb to divide. And seven times as Furqan, the, 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 the divider, the distinguisher. Oh, I missed it. Nine times the verb farraku. So let us see. What it means. There are two words. Al-farku. And they have very similar meanings. And that is to separate, to divide. For example, the Holy Quran says, What is Farak Nawa Bikumul Bahar? Chapter 2, verse 50. And when I split the river for you, here the word is used. Farakna. And I cut, I separated the river for you. Al Firku, which is used in 20, chapter 26, verse 24. And that means the part that separated. And from that you have 
the word Firqatun, which is used in chapter 9, verse 122, which stands for a group of people who have separated. And uh, <clears throat> verse, six, uh, verse 26, verse 63 of the Holy Quran shows that uh, the words farkun and falakun, they have similar meanings because the Holy Quran applies them to sunrise. Because what, happened, uh, what happens at sunrise? that, you know, um, the time or day or whatever you want to call it, it's split. We have darkness and we split it and we get light. And uh, the Holy Quran says, Fan falaka hakana kullu fariqin kapudil azim. And uh, so you can see that the two words fan uh, falaka and farikin they're both used in the same verse of the Holy Quran. Basically, it, it, the verse itself actually means that uh, the river was split. And each part was like a huge mountain. And as I said, Farik is the part which uh, separates from other people. In fact, Farik just means a party as well. For example, uh, you know, even in English, you say the the parties to the action A versus B will will they come forward? In Urdu, we say the same thing. In this case, the two parties are one party is A, the other party is B, uh, etc. And. Uh, in chapter 3, verse 78, the Holy Quran says, وَإِنَّ مِنْهُمْ يَلْوُونَ أَلْسِنَتُهُمْ بِالْكِتَابِ And uh, among the people of the book, there is a party who recite the Torah with a twisted tongue. They try and give it a different meaning. Fafariqan kazzabtum wafariqan taqtulun, chapter 5, verse 70. And they rejected one group, one party, and they killed, they murdered another party. Fafariqan fil jannati wafariqan fissair, chapter 42, verse 7. One party will be in heaven and the other party will be in hell. And again, وَإِنَّ فَرِيقًا مِّنْهُمْ لَا يَقْتُمُونَ الْحَقَّ 
chapter 2, verse 146. That one of them, one group, one party is hiding the truth. So, <clears throat> that is the uh, meaning of that word. The next word is min, which is just a preposition meaning of. There's not a lot you can say about that. Uh, what's the next word? Lazina, Lazi. Um, that word is a relative pronoun which occurs in the Holy Quran 1464 times and it means who, which, that. Sirat al Lazina an amta alayhim, ghayril magdubi alayhim. Those who those who and so as I said who which that a lot of the time it's the English translation would be who. So, the next word is <clears throat> Utu and its triliteral root is Hamza Ta Ya and using that uh, root we find six words in the Holy Quran and in total they occur 500 and yes 549 times 271 times as Atah and 264 times as Atah so and then the rest is well uh, uh, nine times nine times as the and uh, then lesser times than that and it means to come or to bring produce bring it comes to you something comes to you uh, like in chapter 2 verse 38 imma yaqtiyannakum etc now the uh, the essence of this word is that something that comes without uh, much difficult, easily. So, uh, flood water is called a tijun. Why? Because, well, you don't have to put much effort into uh, creating a flood. It just happens. 
<coughs> and uh, a traveler is called Ataviyum. So it means coming, but uh, it, it can uh, it doesn't have to mean that something personally goes there. Um, if uh, a government's order gets somewhere or uh, um, the government the government makes an arrangement that this word is used. So, uh, for example, Ata Amrullahi, chapter 16, Verse 1. And that's God's command came. And that's usually interpreted to mean God's punishment came. So, <clears throat> if you go to chapter 16, verse 22, we have Fa'atallahu. Punya Nahum Minal Kabahid. So it's talking about Allah coming. And what it means is implementation or coming of God's commands. For example, Vajaa Rabbuk. Not came, Rabb. It doesn't mean to say that, you know, God personally came down. It means that uh, the commands that he gave, they were implemented or, you know, we were made aware of those uh, Commands. Now there are two words. One we are dealing with here, al itau, which is the verb to give, and uh, another one e One is with the <coughs> in Urdu what they call a te. So it's pronounced ta al e ta. The other one is a thick sound. It's e po. So uh, <clears throat> and there is a slight difference in the two. And when we talk about uh, um, God's command in chapter 2 verse 60, in chapter 2 verse 73, we had wa ikama falati wa ita azzakat. Coming, but you know, that means order God's command or sent for prayer and giving charity. as I said, we have to uh, be sensible 
applying these words. Now, <clears throat> there is a dissimilarity between Ita and Iapo, um, but there are differences as well. Because otherwise, if there weren't any differences, you wouldn't have two words. <clears throat> and that is that in Iapo, the, uh, with a thick sound, and the person doing the giving, he has a higher status. But in Ita, that's not the case. It's even possible that the person doing the, uh, the giving has a lower status. And this is, I mean, obvious. Uh, because uh, we know that when uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson caught the uh, coronavirus and an ambulance was rushed to 10 Downing Street, people who put him in that ambulance and took me to the hospitals and the nurses who treated him and the doctors who treated him and so on, they were all, they all had a lower position in society. He was the Prime Minister, he was the head. And yet they were the ones who were bestowing these services and his health on him. So it's quite possible that a person of a lower status may grant something to a person of the highest, higher status. We always think that it's going to be the person who has the higher status, who is richer, you know, who has a bigger job, who's going to give, he's going to give um, a person in a, uh, with a lower status something. That's not always the case, as you can see from the example I, uh, I have just, uh, just given. And then another difference between the two words is that Ita uh, means that um, when something is given, it gets to the person for whom it's intended and he accepts it. Okay? That's Ita. But if you use the word "ipo," the thick sound, then that means that uh, what is being given may not necessarily get to the person for whom it's intended. Or he can, he gains it. Now, if you look at chapter, uh, I think it's 17, verse 20, it says that uh, when God grants, whatever God grants, he grants it to everyone. He grants it to everyone. But to actually access it, 
you have to struggle. You know, God has granted clean water to everyone. But to access clean water, you have to struggle. You have to do something. You have to take a bucket. You have to walk down to the river or the canal or whatever or stream. Fill, fill the bucket and then come back with it. It rains on your house as well, but that that may not be enough for you. So you have to strive to gain something, but then also remember that no one has the right to deprive another person from accessing God's bounties. Now think about this. This one verse of the Holy Quran shows that God is secular. Rain, sunshine, anything. He's made it available to everyone. He doesn't ask people's religion or sect or nationality. He doesn't ask people, are you here on a tier two visa or, or, or on a spouse visa or whatever. All the good things, all the best things, all the basic things we need for life to survive and to develop. He grants them to everyone. And he doesn't give anyone, any one person the right to deprive others of these things. See, there's another verse of the, the Holy Quran which says to the Holy Prophet Muhammad, I didn't appoint you as a guardian over these people. I told you that your job is to deliver my message. You've done that. That's the end of it. Whether they believe or they don't believe or whatever, that's between me and them. I'll sort that out. And yet we have people. This is the Holy Prophet being told that. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And yet, we have people, ordinary people, who think God has given them the right to deprive other people of necessities of this life. Why? Because they come from a different uh, province, because they come from a different caste, because they have a different creed. Because they belong to a different religion, because they belong to a different sect. God himself says, I grant everyone, everything. I find it really sad that a religion whose God is so beneficent. Its followers have become so intolerant that they take pride and pleasure in depriving other people of necessities of life. 
my time is up so I take my leave of you with the prayer that whoever you are and wherever you may be may Allah keep all of you safe and sound and free from harm. Assalamu alaikum, khuda hafiz and goodbye.